Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. All right, we're live. It's the Blue White Breakdown podcast. It is late March. I'm Bob Flounders. Joined by Dave Jones. Dave, we had a, a nice stretch of weather there for about a week. Uh, last couple of days have not been pleasant in terms of cold. I'm going to push through by next week at this time. Hopefully I'll be driving down to Augusta, Georgia to take in the Masters. And maybe it'll be in the 70s or 80s. And uh, They don't really cotton to hard drinkers down there. You know that, right? <laughs> it's like a very nice bracing by one of my buddies. He said, hey, just so you know, no cell phones. You better wear a collared shirt. and." No shenanigans on the course, my friend. You're going to have to just play it. And I'm like, all right, all right. I got to talk to Greg Pickle about that, too. But it's a visor-friendly environment, I believe. It is a visor-friendly environment. They have a lot of people with huge heads down there, and they're very sympathetic. So I'll fit right in for the first time, probably in the last 25 years. But I'm excited. I'll be down there hopefully for three or four days, get to see a little golf, nice weather. Are you working on your golf fan catchphrases like after a tee shot, you're, you're the man? Is that what they say? You're the man? Uh, they do say that. I don't, know that I, I don't know that I could do that. I'll have to come up with a really clever one. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand to. how people could just spend five hours at a tee box watch, <laughs> watching people hit tee shots and then just walk away at the end of the day and they're thrilled. <laughs> I don't know if that's a great day at the golf course. You're going to move around then. I'm going to move around a little. I'm going to, I'm going to see what I can get away with, but we'll see. Everyone wants to go to 16 and 15 and 16 and amen corner, but you're not going to do that, huh? Well, I would, I would think that that, that might be a little, it might be a little bit of a crowded spot. So I'll see. I, I want to go like maybe Thursday or Friday, one of those two days. Just check it out. What's the little par three after amen corner? Is it 12? The the tiny little pop up, no. That, I think that is part of Amen Corner. I think that's the one where uh, that when Tiger won it a couple of years ago, he hit a great a great shot on that hole, and the guy in front hit it in. A bunch of guys hit it into the water. Yeah, yeah. That is that twelve. No, it might be that might be a little bit earlier. I I don't know quite. I, I really haven't studied up, so uh, I'm just looking forward to it, Dave. I know. You've been busy with basketball. Let's just talk a little bit about Penn State's Pro Day and a couple lions in the news. But Penn State's Pro Day, just a couple of intriguing things because all 32 teams are up there because this is a this is a really, really large cast of eligible players for Penn State. They could have nine or ten guys drafted and they, every team was represented. And we're talking about State College. We're not talking about, you know, it's not an easy place to get to, but 
the Packers, who recently saw, uh, traded away Devontae Adams, had a couple of people there, and they were looking at Jahan Dotson. That could be a fit. My Dallas Cowboys sent their head coach and their defensive coordinator up there. McCarthy and Dan Quinn went up there, and I know they've got to be looking at Dan Quinn's not going to state college unless he likes a couple of defensive players. Did you do the uh, Chris Farley thing with those guys? You must have. What? Which thing? You're Mike McCarthy, aren't you? <laughs> hey, hey, you remember when you blew that game? That was great. <laughs> that, 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 see, t- yeah, I was, actually did not. I had a, I had a doctor's appointment, so I didn't go up. But uh, <laughs> but I was getting reports from Daniel Gallon. I'm like. Quinn's up there. I bet he's looking at Ebiketti and a couple other players. But I think that this is going to be a real interesting three-day draft for the Penn State players. What would you do with Jahan Dotson if you're a GM, you're a player personnel director? What do you think about his size and his tenacity? I compare him a lot with David Bell of Purdue. Do you think that's a bad comparison? Well, David Bell's a bigger player. Uh, I think that Jahan's a little bit more explosive, and I think David Bell – David Bell is a contested catch guy, but he's also a guy that will go across the middle. Not quite as fast as Jahan, but he had a hell of a year. Jahan, I think, is now going to go in the first round with two teams trading their star wideouts. So the Packers traded Devontae Adams and the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill. So now you go from four or five teams needing receivers potentially in the first round to six or seven. So I think that really helps Jahan. What in your mind is the move that Jahan made? between, say, last year and this time, when he was not a, not generally regarded as a first-rounder, correct? I mean, uh, the, the NFL is kind of a dark spot for me, but uh, as I recall, he was considered like a second- or third-round choice this time last year. Now he's the cusp of the first. What did he do this season, this last season, that raised his stock? Well, you, you've talked about this. So, in 2020, when they only played nine games, he led the Big Ten in receiving with 884 yards, and he had the three-touchdown game against Sean Wade at Ohio State. But a lot of the competition that they faced other than Ohio State, you know, Iowa was okay, but he, he, he beat up some good second, uh, some not-so-good secondaries. So I think last year, from the very start of the year at Wisconsin, that deep pass he caught from Clifford to start the second half really changed the complexion of that game. It looked like Penn State wasn't even going to score in that game. And they, they, they went quick, and then they, they threw that post to Jahan. He scored. And then, David, every other game where, you know, Sean Clifford was kind of healthy, he wasn't healthy against Iowa, he just produced consistently made plays, and he got, he got a little bit faster. And I think he really worked on his speed, and he's got legit 4-4 speed to go with great hands, great route runner. I don't think there's any questions at all about any character or off the field stuff. So he suited up every game. He didn't really get hurt. So I, I think there's, there's just a, he, he checks a lot of boxes. He's just not the tallest guy, but is he is he big enough? Uh, you know what? I think because he's so elusive that he is big enough. I don't think you're going to see Jahan Dotson take a lot of big shots. It's also incumbent upon whoever drafts him to maybe not throw him into trouble. So if he goes to a bad team with a bad quarterback, he's going to take some shots. But, you know, if Aaron, if he goes to the Packers or he goes to the Chiefs with Mahomes, I mean, those guys are going to put the ball and he's going to get it in stride and they're going to take him out of harm's way. And I think that would be, it'd be really cool to see him go to a really, really good team. I'd love to see that. How about Abiketti? I think that's one of the players Dan Quinn went to see. Dan Quinn is not going to state college PA unless he's got a couple guys on his radar and he is the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. So 
he had to have been looking at Ebiketti, I would say Brisker, and maybe even Jesse Lucetta. But if they thought enough of those players to send Dan Quinn up there, if they get a chance at the right point in the draft to take them, I think they will. I wanted to talk to you about two former Penn State players that just got paid, and I really like their situation. So I don't think we talked about it. Allen Robinson's now with the Rams, and that's a great fit for him because Allen Robinson, you actually, we did talk about it because he's really never, you, you made the comment, he's never really had a great quarterback to work with, even dating back to uh, Penn State. And now you're going to pair him with one of the more imaginative offensive minds to get him the ball. And then he's got Cooper Cup on the other side. He's got, you know, uh, Matt Stafford throwing him the ball. So it's after all those years of playing with Jacksonville and the Bears, you know, and he's going to get paid. I, I just think now this is going to be the next two years are going to be huge for Allen Robinson. And he was a guy who's he's been consistent throughout his NFL career. Yeah. Um, has always performed. Geez, how long has it been? It's been eight, eight years. 12 and 13. Yeah. Eight years. Not this will be his ninth. Is that right? Um, yeah. A guy who always, if he got to the ball, man, you talk about contested catches. If he got to the ball, he's Chris Godwin level as far as going up and getting balls. Yeah, I think he's better than Chris Godwin level. I think he, Allen is actually even a little bit better, although there's not much separating them either way you want to go. But yeah, now they both have, so Godwin's rehabbing a torn ACL. Robinson had to do that, but I think Allen's probably 29 now, or he's going to be 30. He's still got time left to uh, make his mark in the postseason, and I'm really excited to see that for him. And a couple of good guys, a couple of, we, uh, couple of guys we always like talking to who, who are not – sometimes the guys that we like talking to are considered camera hams by players. That's not true of those guys. Not to be confused with canned hams, another one of your favorite phrases. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's somebody bad on the schedule that shouldn't be on your schedule. That's not, not the same thing at all. But Dave, the the uh, the other guy, Ryan Bates, just signed a new deal with the Bills. Now, this was a guy that went undrafted. Uh, he signed as a free agent, I think, with the Eagles. Uh, he was going to make the team, but the Bills traded for him, and he went from I think practice player to he steadily improved. And he was a key player for them uh, late in the season when they had some injuries, and he started in both playoff games. They loved what they saw from him, so he got a four year deal. We're 17 million with 9 million guaranteed. And for a guy that went undrafted and he's, he, he hasn't even turned 25 yet, that's a pretty nice chunk of change. I mean, he was a patient guy. I thought he made a mistake leaving. He had one, one year left at Penn State. And I thought maybe if he stays, he could get drafted a little bit higher. But he's, he was ready to leave and he took the long way to get there, man. But he finally got paid. I'm happy for him. Yeah, you have to respect an offensive lineman who really is not fully developed and has the faith in himself to pull the trigger at that point, knowing, I mean, he had to have known he might not get drafted, that he'd have to be a free agent, which isn't the worst thing in that. that would you rather be a free agent or a sixth or seventh round pick, right? Right, yeah. You can pick your spot. So, yeah, but I just think that those guys, that it's, it was, I, they were patient. They were, they were very good players at Penn State. And, you know, they, they are finally now, you know, the Bills are going to be good for a long time with that quarterback, Josh Allen. You know, the, the Rams, with their quarterback, McVay, as long as he's still there, they're always going to be a, a dynamic offense. So I think both those guys are going to be in the postseason for the next couple of years. Have you been to pro – you've been to pro days before, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you do? Stand around. 
what do you watch? What do you look at? Really can only so what what they'll usually do is depending on who's coming from the combine. If so, Penn, most of Penn State's guys were at the combine. So if if they ha, if they ran a good forty at the combine, they won't run the forty at pro day because they don't want to they don't want they don't want to mess up and run slower. Jahan I think ran four four one at the combine, so I, he did not run again. So a, a couple guys ran. Abiketti, who is two hundred and fifty pounds, didn't run at the combine. But this is a defensive end. He ran four six five. That's pretty good for a defensive end. So I think he made some more money. Can you? Is there a clock? No, you have to wait till they're done working out. Eventually, they'll come over and they'll they'll ask you know, hey, what we will ask them, what'd you run? And they'll tell you. It's it's really just about the interview. So you talk to them about, hey, do you have any visits lined up? How do you think you did today? Are you going to go visit any team? You know what I mean? It's it's just a chance. And when they have eight or ten guys there. It's probably the last chance we're going to get to talk to him. Uh, so we go, but it's just a long day. It's kind of, I wouldn't say it's necessarily fun, but at least you're indoors. And uh, <laughs> which was a plus this last time. Yeah, yeah. Purdue's having their pro day. It's Tuesday. It's Dave. It's like it's it's about one fifty East Coast time. Purdue is having their pro day, and some of it was indoors. But that Carl Loftus guy ran a forty outside with his shirt off. At like six five, two hundred and seventy five pounds, in like wind chill, and he still ran a four seven. But I'm like, why wouldn't you have just run it inside, warmer, get a better start? But he did. He still ran four seven. So I'm not really sure what's going on with George Karloff. This don't you credit a guy for not being so calculated? Yeah, isn't is there is there an underlying credit you give somebody? I'll play. I'll play under adverse conditions. I'll yeah. show up. So I think that's probably what he was trying to show the scouts is that I don't really care. I'm not afraid of anything. You want me to run, I'll run on. Yeah, I'll run what I'll run in sand if you want me to. I don't care. Yeah, run in sandals. Run in those blocks that you wear. Yeah, yeah. The, they're not good to run in, trust me. This is the blue white breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Pro days, though, I'm kind of glad that's in the books, Davo, because... It's just a long day. There was like five years in a row where Penn State, I think they did this on purpose. March 17th, it's going to be a different day every year. Penn State would always have pro day on March 17th. And it would just ruin my one of my favorite days. Well, yeah, which is a perfect transition. Enough of this crap. Well, you know, enough of this. Enough of this. It's, 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 we're coming up on the Final Four. Actually, the, the best part of the tournament is now past, in my opinion. Have you arrived at your champion? I don't care. What... I care about the first two weekends. That's the fun part. And I've never cared about the final four because so often it's just like this. It's blue bloods and there's nobody to root for. Who are you going to root for? Now that, now that Justin Moore ripped his Achilles, I don't think Nova can win. I would have been rooting for Nova. And now who do you root for out of that trio? Yeah. The one thing that's really a little puzzling to me, there are times that Kansas looks like they're really good, and there are times like the first half of the Miami game, and they look like they were going to get beat, just flat out beat. But when they're playing well, I wouldn't say that they're 
I wouldn't look past Kansas, but I know everyone's going to focus in on the other two. I honestly think Nova has so many guards that they could they could actually upset Kansas. I give them a shot uh, because everyone's already got Kansas in the in the championship game. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, Colin Gillespie is such a such an interesting player that yeah. uh, Ryan Ar- Archidiakono's uh, little brother Chris. I don't put it past him that he could come in for Justin Moore and play 20, 25 really good minutes. He comes from Heritage. He has played in the tournament, not a lot, because Justin Moore took up so much time. And Justin Moore is such a great defender. They put him on the best player of the other team all the time. So it's a, it, let's be clear, this is, a, this is a big hit for Villanova. But just watch for Chris Arch- Archidiakono. Make sure that he isn't playing. If he starts playing really well at the beginning of the game, I don't think Nova can beat Duke, which I think is going to be in the in the championship game. I, this thing is practically scripted, and I'm not the first person to say that. You know, for Shushevsky, uh to to win, which is kind of yeah. But his last home game was supposed to be scripted, and they got they got whooped by Carolina. But buddy. This game, I, I was talking in, in, here in Philadelphia to Dick Weiss and a bunch of old guys. Oh, by the way, I met Curry Kirkpatrick, who I'd never really talked to before. The SI writer. Infamous expense account. Expense account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. I know. I, I'm not even going to get into it. But there's a, there's a famous writer from Duke and Curry's from, from North Carolina. And they don't like each other at all. <laughs> they were both there. Uh, but I like them both because they're both great guys. But I, now that I met Curry, but I was talking to him about his his famous SI story in 1984, going to Lagos, Nigeria, to write about Hakeem Olajuwon, which was one of the great SI stories of all time. You know, the the, the visuals of sewage running in the streets and the and then and the and the ditches along the. The, the roads and just an, an amazing, the kind of thing you looked at SI to find that nobody else was going to do. I, I talked to Jim Drake uh, shortly before he died last summer about all the places they sent him. He might have been on that story. I can't remember, but they sent him to Africa another time. I think to, to inter, he was part of a Kenyan. I think they were, they were writing about Kenyans, not Nigerians, Kenyan runners. And he, got a shot of Mount Kilimanjaro, which he, I mean, they sent people everywhere, but Curry Kirkpatrick, a really, really good writer. Anyway, I was running by this stuff uh, by Dick Weiss and some of these, you know, guys who are even older than I am. This situation with Duke, North Carolina reminds me a lot of when you remember when Kareem got his eye scratched in college before they played Houston in the Astrodome. Was that the game that was in, like, that was the first indoor Final Four or something? Or they played, like, No, it wasn't a Final Four at all. It was a special, it was the first made-for-TV game is what it was. In the Astrodome or something? In the Astrodome. And they put the court in the middle of the Astrodome, which is what they're doing now in all the Final Fours. That's why no one can hit any shots. Yeah, nobody has a, nobody has a decent seat. But, but Elvin Hayes and Houston and Don Chaney and those guys beat upset UCLA, which was a big, big, big deal. That was January, or December or January. Dick Enberg, a young Dick Enberg, did the call. And that was, that was Eddie, Orn, Eddie Einhorn's network that he started, which syndicated the game everywhere, which was another first for that game. So fast forward a couple months, they meet in the National Semi in the L.A. Sports Arena, 
And UCLA is just waiting for him. And it it is a bloodbath. 101 to 69. Mm. I could see I could see Duke doing this to North Carolina. I mean a beatdown. Whatever the number is, I'm calling Duke lay the points. I'm sure they're laying points of some kind, wouldn't you say? Laying two or three or four. It's gotta be close to a pick em either way. Two, two and a half, some way or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a close it's a close game. But Carolina is feeling very good about themselves after the walkover that I watched against St. Peter's. Yeah. And I don't think they're that good of basketball players. They're great athletes. I mean, they've got great athletes across the board. But if they get into a basketball game, I think Duke and Duke is waiting for them. I mean, they, they've been hearing about that last game at Cameron ever since then. They are past the point where they're nervous about getting K his last championship. They are to the point where they're on a mission. They're on a mission from God. And they believe that this is their destiny. And that's a, that's a dangerous point for North Carolina to be in. That's what I think. I think Duke's going to win this handily. What is with the guy from Carolina that looks like Dan Haggerty? like dominating basketball games and, like, putting up 28 points. <laughs> what is that about? Was he Grizzly Adams? I can't remember. Or Big, or Big oh, Wally. Oh, he like Robert Redford in that Mountain Man movie. I, Jeremiah Johnson. Is that who Dan Haggerty was? Well, he was in he was in the TV version, I think, of that. But there was a movie called Jeremiah Johnson. But Dan Haggerty, was, well, he was some big, burly mountain guy. I, was, I think it was a spinoff of, of the Merlin Olsen show or, or something. Yeah, that, that guy's that guy's name is Brady Manick. He's been around there for a while. He's from Oklahoma. He's not even from. He's from a little town. Ugh, I can't remember where he's from, but he you know he looks like he is exactly what he looks like. He's a, he's an Oki, and uh, he, he he's a, a very you know he's the wild card. If he plays well, Carolina could win the game, and he played really well because he's a pop four. I mean, he's an NBA player. He is a classic pop four, and he can hit the three. He's got a good shot, and he's really long. And he's not afraid of anything. He just doesn't care, basically. Dave, I had to pass. I had to. I had to pass along one very sad oh, gambling story yeah. from the weekend. It is Dan. So he and his partner were in Supermoose tournament, and uh, without going into the particulars, they went all in. And I was I was sitting next to his partner, and I, I was begging him on Saturday to bet the under because I had already rolled out. I said, man, the first one to 50 is going to win this Villanova game, and the line was 127. Well, Villanova scored exactly 50 points, and they won by like five. It was a cigar under. So the late game, they're like, Dan and his partner talked about it. We both were both going to bet the over. So the total on the game, they went all in. The total was 147 and a half, and it ended at 147. With a dribble out. Everyone dribbles out now, you know? It would have been more surprising if somebody shot the ball. That's that's the surprising part when when somebody actually shoots the ball because we have to be so It's just the most deflating thing to lose like we that. We have to be so polite anymore. Anyway, uh, to your point about Brady Manic, he could he could he is the wild card because for a guy that big, I think six nine or six ten, he can really shoot the three. And he did it. He did it at Oklahoma, but not like he's been doing it at Carolina. And he's, but but I think Duke should own the backcourt game. There is a guy who really made himself some money over the last couple of weeks. And you, I know you like the NBA. Watch the draft stock of Caleb Love from North Carolina. 
because this kid, he, I think he's been cusp of the first round, late first round. He is going to skyrocket because he, he is a real specimen. On the other hand, I don't know if he's going to play particularly well in this game. I'm not sure if he's ready for this sort of challenge, you know, from Roach and Griffin and the young Duke guards. I think they're going to be possessed. And he's the kind of guy who can possibly get a little out of whack, as Joe used to say, and shoot some shots that maybe he shouldn't. And he's been making those shots lately, especially in the semi against UCLA. So just watch out for that dynamic. So, all right, as we wrap up this edition of the Blue White Breakdown podcast, you have it. You see it Duke over Carolina and then Duke beating Villanova in the final, correct? I'm going to pick Villanova because I don't think anyone expects them to beat Kansas. I think the the young Villanova guards behind Justin Moore are going to rally in there. No one's given Nova a chance. And I think Nova has a system and a coach. I think Jay Wright's better than Bill Self. I just do. I think it's a noticeable gap that Jay's going to figure out how to win that game. I don't think he can. he can't win the final game. He can't win that. So that's the way I got it, yeah. All right, Davo. We will see if you are your picks are are on the money. But uh, hopefully, you'll. I know you'll. You don't like the final four, but I think you're going to want to watch that Villanova. You're going to want to watch both semis, though. I think they're both interesting games. They are. They're both really interesting games. I almost went down there just as a busman's holiday. I almost pulled the trigger, and then I looked at the flights to New Orleans. I could have gotten a credential because Dave Warlock. Uh, would have given me a credential if I worked for somebody, so I could have worked for Sportsnet or God knows who. But can you hobo it or something? Just get down there, hobo it. Have you ever hoboed it? You know, get on a train, just jump on the train. Rainy night in Georgia. Yeah, find me a place in a box car. We'll put it out now on the podcast. If you're listening, if you could give Dave Jones a ride on your private jet to New Orleans, or if you own like a a, a sleeper car, like a train car, he likes to take the train. Hook him up. He wants to go to the Final Four. Maybe Sandy Barber has some important friends that uh, <laughs> she knows. Yeah. We didn't get to that, did we? No, we could, that's that's evergreen. She's, she hasn't officially retired yet. We could still weigh, on, weigh in on that on May or June. All right. Probably for the best. Have a good time in uh, Augusta, buddy. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Live.